it's the lucky number 13 and we're back with Shopify Kryptonite with Mikko and Demo. Always a pleasure to be here. It is. Uh, I'm sure you've been already thinking about quite a lot about the tip of the week. So please feel free to shoot the next tip for our customers. Definitely. That's a good one. One really common question we receive is that what if I want to switch my theme from one to another? Is that difficult on Shopify? What should I think? Uh, and the response is that it's not actually that difficult. You are free to explore the theme store. There are free themes and paid themes. But just keep in mind that the theme isn't just about the visual um, aspect but it also have certain functionalities so uh, when then choosing a theme or changing from one to another uh, do that carefully make sure that that theme will uh, will fit to your purpose and especially pay attention to all those like mobile abilities especially if you have lots of mobile visitors how that new theme would, would then work for you so patiently follow the guidelines and even Shopify has in their own blog quite good guidelines what to do before you will uh, switch from one theme to another. Thank you for the tip. Uh, one follow-up question. In your experience, how long you would kind of budget time in, in switching the themes? A day, a week? Right, excellent question. As a whole, we would usually talk about half a week to a week. So just like switching from one team to another isn't uh, isn't that difficult, but you have to uh, take that into consideration when doing marketing. So if you do everything by the book, you have to end marketing, you have to make sure that you don't have any product launches coming or you aren't setting any, uh, sending any major uh, email automation flows or anything because you want to make sure that when you will uh, switch from one team to another you of course need to test that store with multiple devices and we even recommend uh, doing some test orders there just to make sure that everything um, is smooth and, and will work in a, in a way uh, that, that actually um, um, is like very well checked before you will start like pouring in more traffic there and trying to squeeze that purchase to happen so um, um, that's my recommendation and sort of a practical tip would be to do so uh, to draw a timeline what should I do on every single day what yeah. things to consider so actually the theme change on Shopify isn't too difficult compared to many other platforms, but you definitely should uh, invest some time in that. But the good part is that you can, you don't have to publish the new theme un until you're completely done. So you can do the testing in a non-live environment and make sure that everything is, is in, in order. Definitely. Uh, topic for today is gonna be cross-border e-commerce. So we're gonna be talking about selling internationally, not selling in your home country. I think this is something that's uh, more and more common for even the smaller merchants. Where should we start about the uh, the conversation? When we're talking about selling internationally or cross-border, what comes first in your mind, Mikko? Beautiful question. So what we are asked a lot, especially here in Europe, because we have so many countries here. So the basic question what like smaller merchants are asking that 
Should I do this? Should I even get started? This sounds messy. What about the returns? What about the taxes? Uh, what about the fact that I might even be successful? How would you reply to such uh, questions? It's a it's a good question. It's an honest question. Uh, of course, it has to start from your own ambitions, from from the goals that you set. Personally, I wouldn't want to limit the options that I have in selling. So if we would have a look on the minimal setup that we need to have, I think the MVP should be that you have at least English language in the shop. You can have English language only. I don't know if we have Finnish or Swedish or customers or, or, or viewers outside from, from these countries watching. But I think the English language should be something where you should start. So the product information, the shipping policies, the payment information, the privacy policy, all of those should be in English. So that the customers not native in your home country can understand what are you selling? Uh, do you even ship outside your home country? And, and, and therefore, and if you want to have two languages, I would say that maintaining multiple languages in Shopify or in any platform, that's going to be the hardest job. But then again, if you don't have that many products, uh, you are probably going to have some orders coming outside from your home country, then it really doesn't matter where the orders are coming from. You're going to fulfill the orders. You're going to ship them exactly the same way. It doesn't matter if it's the, the local postal office or is it going to be the DHL. You're going to do the exact same work. But regarding the languages and, and Shopify, and this is probably something you, you're, you're going to be, you're about to ask, so I'm already going to answer it. <laughs> at the at the moment, in most cases, we recommend to have your own shop, a separate shop, when you you want to have another language, because even though Shopify is it's really good, well, it's pretty good. Let's put it like that. It's pretty good maintaining multiple languages and single shops, and and it doesn't actually happen in Shopify. You're going to need to have the application, such as Langify or or some of other language translation apps that you can actually even have multiple languages in, in a shop. Uh, it's working much better than it was back in the days. Now you can even have the uh, the multiple languages, all of them indexed in Google. So if you want to kind of compete in the uh, uh, findability and the SEO rankings, then you don't have to have those separate shops. But technically, uh, to have a robust system, even from the business point of view, if you have a own shop when you want to do international sales, then you can decide the currency in that shop. You can decide the content. You can decide the pricing. And then you can have uh, shipping and payment options that are only kind of related for those international customers. It was kind of a long intro, but at least I, <laughs> I put us in the other uh, topic. It's a very good one. And just I would like to add there that from my like hands-on growth hacking experience with the clients, we always recommend having like separate stores. So there are those translation apps, uh, but they have had serious issues in the past, still issues with certain themes. So if you are very serious about e-commerce, you should have like separate stores, one for your home market and one then English for for. Um, more international and then if you end up being successful in one country then you can probably even like translate that store and have one additional uh, 
store on the side and and having like separate stores also gives you the benefit that you can modify the store the layout the offer stuff for that market so being like more specific for that particular market so that's definitely a benefit but then i would like to ask you something uh you're a merchant yourself for how many for how long have you been a global merchant and to how many countries are you selling with shopify yourself from the start and i made the decision that i'm selling niche goods so if you haven't been watching our episode i'm selling fly fishing gear under my own brand which i created three years ago so it's a, it's a small market with and it's a small niche inside the small market so if i've if i would have made the decision to only start selling in finland my market size would be so small that there would be no sales coming in or just some so the first and the best this business decision that i've made in the three years is that i started in english so i'm running a basic Shopify shop only in English and I'm, I'm selling only in euros and I'm just offering quite a variety of, of different payment options at the checkout so the customers can choose uh, local customers can choose online banking and the rest can go with Stripe or PayPal and I, I'm now introducing Klarna to my shop as well which will work in all of the countries uh, that have euros in, in, the, in their currency as their currency and i'm selling roughly to 25 or 30 countries in a year uh, in my business i'm using a 3pl warehousing and shipping provider so because i don't actually work for that company it's something that i do on the side when i when we're not helping Woolworth customers to do better e-commerce so that's one thing that has, has helped me quite a lot that with this uh, third-party shipping and a logistic provider. I've been able to get pretty good deals on on DHL on, on on GLS. So I've I've kind of had pretty competitive shipping prices from the start, which I think is a key factor that I've been able to sell to 25 or 30 countries in a year. And basically, the only thing that I have to kind of take care about is the uh, the taxes. So making sure that the taxes are in order, it, it's pretty simple in, in Shopify. If we are a merchant inside the European Union and we are selling inside the EU, uh, outside the EU, there are basically a couple of rules that you need to know. If I'm a Finnish merchant, uh, the VAT rate here, VAT rate is, is 24%. In, in most cases, there are exceptions. but for other EU countries, I'm going to be using the same 24 VAT all the way until that I go over a annual limit of sales into any respective country. Meaning that if I'm selling roughly 20,000 euros worth of goods to Sweden this year, then the only thing I need to do is to, is to change the VAT rate to Sweden to match the Swedish rate, which I believe is 25. Uh, whatever it is but kind of kind of playing with the tax is the only thing that i need to know and the kind of the pro tip comes here uh, I'm, I'm sure miku you know it but most of, the, most of the shopify merchants don't uh with the one shop setup and me displaying the taxes in the selling prices will mean that with the non-european union countries that i'm selling to i don't have to pay the vat because the customer 
at the end will most likely have to pay the uh, the duties and then taxes themselves because the product will go into use into consumption in that in, in that particular country so if i'm selling a hoodie worth of, of 69 euros uh the swedish customer who's buying this hoodie will pay the, pay the, uh, the 69 which includes 25 or 24 percent of the vat if somebody from norway which surprisingly isn't a european union country buys the same hoodie uh he's going to pay the same 69 euros but i don't have to pay the vat from that sale which means that i'm having a 24 percent better profit margin in that sale <laughs> but to keep my customers happy you can easily kind of do some easy maths in your head and then just offer uh well not free but like really not expensive shipping kind of really low shipping rates to those non-european union countries uh to kind of compensate the fact that you have a better margin uh they're going to pay the same price and they might have to pay some duties and taxes when their shipment will arrive so those are kind of the things you should know definitely good points and then just adding there that being as a merchant in the past um especially like uh, in, in the beautiful country of switzerland people are very keen to even purchase goods with more more expensive prices as default because they can be really affordable compared yeah. to their own prices so um um it's usually good to take the profit where you can really really catch that so that's just let's say another pro hint absolutely and then there might be a case where customer would want to spend thousands of euros on, on one single order and if they contact you you can always do a manual order with, from the draft orders to them and just mark there that the customer is tax exempt so you, the customer will get the 24 percent off in any way that case and then you can kind of do a good customer service that's what i would do that's what i've done in, in a few cases where a customer has kind of uh, reach out directly to our customer service. Definitely. The and what one? Yeah, yeah. Please go please, ahead. Shoot. Well, mm -hmm. I was about to ask about the the marketing setup because I've been been in this phase where I'm I'm running myself one shop. A lot of our customers will have the absolute need in their business that, for example, they're going to have. 5 million euro business or even bigger they're going to use shopify plus they're going to have four or five different localized shops in local currencies in local languages and they're going to be running their customer acquisition with paid ads so how would the marketing setup look like in these cases when i'm doing cross-border commerce and I'm thinking about paid ads or email marketing how, how would you say that right um that's actually pretty wide topic i will cover it shortly so the basic thing uh, which is nowadays very available is that you are able to do paid marketing to pretty much any countries on the planet except for one or two so with with facebook and google you can do advertising and you can start to get there or that market start to start to get uh, clients from a specific market to your your store um, and if if needed then you can have like local influencers or you can do, do cooperation with some local uh, brands or whatever you are your like playbook does look like so like technically it's easy to do advertising to many separate countries however um how to do that then then like uh, 
with a plan is, is a bit more difficult. So you can start doing advertising any day to any given country, uh, but really to understand that, hey, how to do these market-specific audiences, what kind of advertising does work in one country, then it gets a bit more tricky. So you are allowed and you are free to test that anytime yourself. But then again, like recommendation that please take someone who has already done that a couple of times to guide you through uh, how, how complex that is and to help you to avoid those most common pitfalls. So I can just say as a firm merchant selling uh, goods to more than 100 countries, helping our clients to sell, uh, to sell their products to 80 plus countries, that there are certain things to consider before starting to spend your money, money to marketing. And then the other side of that thing, of course, is the measuring. So how to make sure that or actually measuring stuff that you remember the UTM codes. Uh, by default, Shopify actually helps you out with their analytics because it then divides that traffic per per area or even 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 per state or, or city in, in some of the biggest countries. So then you're able to get some, some sort of like feedback that how did I do now in, in Germany or how did my expansion now start in, in the UK, uh, which yeah. is like interesting. But you definitely um, need some sort of expert to help you get going if you haven't done that before. Uh, I've seen many cases where, where merchants just like are very stubborn to do that by themselves. Um, and uh, the results are really confusing. So I then always like recommend whatever partner you have, if you have a gro good growth partner, uh, then have a couple of sessions to understand the very basics that will then help you through even though you would take care of that by yourself in, in the very future that's a really good answer in a really really broad topic there's one detail that i would like to ask because i know that you have a lot of background in international sales can you name countries or regions where you think that it's in, uh, really important to have the sales happening in the local language or in the local yeah. currency instead of using English only and euros? Yep. So that's a, a good uh, good question. We would say in, in general, uh, a rule of thumb is that in North, Northern Europe, English is pretty okay. So you can do very well in Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, uh, Iceland, the Netherlands, uh, parts of, of, of Germany, UK, Ireland you can do pretty well with English store, no problem whatsoever. Uh, then going more south, you start to run to issues. So at least based on those cases and the data that I've, I've, I've gotten from both of those cases I've been participating or from our clients, um, more language uh, sensitive areas, uh, countries such as uh, Italy, uh, Spain, um, yeah. Portugal, uh, France, France. Uh, parts of Germany. Uh, and then uh, we can talk about this like as a general topic, or then you can consider that there might be some differences between uh, different age segments. As example, we've noted that very well in Germany. So the younger people are speaking English fluently, but when you are selling goods to older German gentlemen, they might have serious issues with the language and that might be the hurdle why they don't purchase. And then if you go more global, we have definitely seen some Asian countries as Japan, super language sensitive area. You have to do 
everything there in their language to make sure that you are able to get get traffic that converts. Then again, like Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, you're pretty pretty good with English. So um, that's just like yeah. a matter of time and then exploring stuff by yourself. That's partly surprising with the Asia, but nevertheless, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I've seen the same thing in, especially in, already in the, uh, the Southern European countries that you don't kind of get the, uh, the clicks or the conversions in the shop, even though you're kind of getting the sales from the, the country next door. Uh, I think we're going to be running out of time. So if we would do a bit of simplification regarding the, the cross-border broader e-commerce. So if it's a small merchant who's going to start to do the cross-border tests or international sales testing, could we state that you're going to need to have one Shopify shop in English without, most likely without the, the translation app? You can do pretty pretty well in English. You can do pretty well with euros, at least in the northern central partish uh, of, of Europe. And that should be kind of enough where you can start. And then what do you think with the second phase be kind of already that we've seen so good feedback or, or sales figures from some of those countries that it would kind of be a signal already enough to do a local language in Danish or, or Swedish and, and the local uh, currency as well. Right, and that's usually say that when you can reach per month, uh, like, um, I don't know, five to six K sales figures yeah. in euros, then it's worth the investment. But prior to that, uh, I wouldn't yeah. go there. I've seen some cases, don't go there, do that uh, at that, that point. And then just adding single comment that if you are a bigger brand, if you are a bigger brand, um, then we would definitely also recommend like Shopify or Shopify Plus solutions. Absolutely. Try to uh, have your own presence online. Don't just like trust on Zalando and all of these like uh, marketplaces, but also have your own global e-commerce in your hands. If you're looking at what the biggest brands are doing, what the best direct-to-consumer brands are doing, they have that in their own possession. So that's definitely a, a, a recommendation from us. I think that that's a, that's a perfect summary. So stay tuned and remember to subscribe to this channel. Thank you. Thank you. Get global.